Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome, Aural Traveler, to the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 273. This is a very interesting episode, and there's a lot of huge backstory on it and that I'm excited to tell you about. But first, uh, I will say that I am uh, been doing stand-up comedy at uh, Zany's in Nashville on December 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, and also at Zany's in Chicago, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. Gotta build up the new hour of material. Uh, my comedy special, Mandroid, airs on Comedy Central on November 10th. So uh, watch that and then come out and see me. Is that a lot to ask? I apologize if it is, but I'm still going to ask. And also, uh, Amazon.com is a sponsor for this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. If you go to this podcast page, click on the Amazon banner, and then you just shop as you normally would, you will support the Nerdist Podcast. Thank you for doing so. If you do, if you don't, I'm not going to judge you. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was an almost tragedy uh, turned smiley face. And here's what happened. We uh, had an incredible live podcast at the Best Buy Theater during New York Comic Con. There were probably like 1,100 people there or something. It was incredible. Uh, Joel Hodgson was there. Uh, um, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Travis Beecham, who wrote Pacific Rim, which Guillermo is, is, is directing. And uh, Matt and Jonah. The, so many wonderful things happened during the podcast. Very special things. And we, we go to get, we finish the show and we're all just sort of high-fiving each other. Yay, us, oh, we're so good at this. Hey, let's pat each other on the back some more. And then uh, Matt goes to grab the computer where he has uh, been recording the show. And we uh, start listening to it. And then Matt goes, wait, why the fuck did it stop recording after eight minutes? And I look, show's gone. No show, gone. None, not recorded. The, the 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 computer stopped recording after eight minutes for for some reason. So, uh, in feeling rage inside, but trying not to seem outwardly rageful, I went to the promoter and I was like, "The show didn't record, and we lost it." You know the whole podcast thing? Not a podcast now. So we asked the guys backstage, who I guess were the audio guys or the stagehands. I'm not exactly sure whose job was what. But uh, it was the worst, most infuriating attitude you could have had about it. The one guy was like, uh, yeah, it uh, it stopped after eight minutes, but uh, I didn't know who to tell. (laughs) I was like, someone? 
Someone? Get all those people back in here. Get Guillermo back here. We have to do this again. You know, I mean, it was really such a not my problem kind of a thing. And, and I get that, you know, not everyone. It really doesn't have to be everyone's problem. Although I, I guess it should have been because I think that might have been his job. But it was just like, come on, dude. You know, tell one person, anybody, that something has happened. And then and don't just fucking, you know, like throw up your shoulders and go, well, I don't give a shit, you know, it was an expensive show to put on, and it's not like they were working for free, so I really, I had a tough time with that response, uh, I mean, I didn't, at that point, it's like, I, I couldn't even get mad, I just was like, well, there's no, okay, well, you didn't tell anyone, I mean, what, there's no, there's literally just no point in getting mad, but I am glad that, uh, I did not have, uh, fireball hands like my dark elf wizard character from Skyrim because I probably would have lit that motherfucker up and then felt bad about it afterwards. Um, then I would have uh, resurrected him and made him a dead thrall and then he would have had to follow me everywhere and fight battles for me. Uh, that would have been the way to go. So I was heartbroken. I, I, I really, really had, it was just one of those episodes that I really wanted to, was excited, super, super excited to share. And uh, then I got an idea, because we all have technology in our pockets. So, I tweeted out the next day, if anyone bootlegged this show, by all means let me know, and we we will use it, uh, because we really need it. And lo and behold, at Jim DeFalco, J-I-M-D-E-F-A-L-C-O, like five minutes later, it goes, I recorded it. Uh, and so he sent me the file. It was recorded off of his iPhone. And listen, I'll be honest, the sound quality isn't amazing, but it is listenable. Like, it's, it, you, can, you can hear it. It is, it is good enough to put out. So I would like to thank uh, Jim DeFalco for bootlegging the show and give him a high five on the tweets if you, if you want to. Uh, this was recorded off his phone. He got the entire fucking show, uh, and I am so thankful that he did. I don't know why he bootlegged a show that was supposed to be a podcast, but I don't give a shit why. The fact is he did it, uh, and I owe him a lot. Otherwise, this would have been lost forever. So thank you to social media, and thank you to Jim DeFalco. And thank you to bootlegging. God damn it. I am I'm maybe one of the first uh, uh, artists to say thank you to bootlegging. So uh, that's it. That was my long tale. I apologize, but I felt like you deserve some context in the full story and some appreciation for the guy who helped make this podcast possible. Uh, and also thanks to Travis and Guillermo and Joel and, and Matt and Joan and everyone and everyone else who came to the show. All right, here we go. It is the Nerdist Podcast number 273 with Guillermo del Toro, Travis Beecham, and Joel Hodgson live from New York Comic Con. Now entering Nerdist.com. Sure, I'll sit in the middle of this press conference. <laughs> no, okay. I'll 
What is happening? Make up your mind. Yeah! Oh, bring that chair back. Welcome, Jonah Ray, Matt Myra. What was so funny backstage before? Uh, so Sam, we're talking to Sam back there, is uh, one of the promoters, and uh, he's saying, uh, what do you guys do, like a uh, nerd comedy? Like Abbott and Nerd, Abbott and Costello? And then, uh, and then uh, Jonah went, go ahead. I so, yeah, we do a nerd Abbott and Costello. Uh, who's up first? Third base station. <laughs> and to recreate the moment, thanks guys. Hilarious. Yeah. It was good. It's really you had to be like there, yeah. right there. You had to be right there. You had to be there. Yeah, just right there. Yeah. Jonah, here. Jonah, Jonah's very excited because what's across the street, Jonah? Oh, oh. Guy Fieri's American oh. Kitchen. Shit, Right when you sit down, you get your complimentary tequila bourbon shot. <laughs> tequila shooters, bro. Hey, that's right. And the, ranch, the ranch dressing is what he uses to frost his oh, yeah. <laughs> Smash Mouth plays all the time. <laughs> Check it out with some hot wings. Oh, yeah! Welcome to Diners, Drivers, and Dives. I'm stealing that. <laughs> That's the show. Every show. Every show is that, and then he goes, You gotta put pork on that? And That's his thing. Every time. That's his catchphrase. You gotta put pork on that? Might as well be. Marcus Welby. Marcus um, Welby. <laughs> American kid. I bet they I bet they have uh, uh, just a whole menu that's just fried. You want the fried menu? <laughs> yeah. It's fried. We painted fire on it. I'm Guy Fieri! Hey! Is, uh, anybody you want, you guys, you, we, it's about ten minutes before we can get a table, so you want to frost your tips while you're waiting? <laughs> just just yeah, sit over there. Have a good time. <laughs> can you put on this uh, shirt? It has flames on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'd like to see if you could just if you could just walk up and break off a piece of his hair and just chew on it. Like, yeah. And then you get sh the shittiest powers ever. <laughs> just shitty powers. Can you fly? No, I could just sleep. <laughs> that's, a, that's a power? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fairy power. <laughs> yeah. I'm also good at skanking them. <laughs> Guys, Badfish is coming. Yeah. Sublime cover band. Yeah. Which is weird because technically the Sublime. band Sublime is now a cover band. Yeah. It's like rock and roll karaoke. The Guy Fieri 3, Sublime. Yeah, is yeah, is Guy know. Fieri performing in that band? It's, it looks like it. He should, right? Yeah, yeah. They just look like triplets, Guy Fieri triplets. That they're, just, they're fat, blonde hair, and playing horrible music. Hanging out with my friends. Yeah. Every, every band we don't like is Smash Mouth. <laughs> I, I, That's true, right? I was, I was on the lower band's totally Smash Mouth. <laughs> I was on the lower side and I saw... The, the most delightfully Jewish name I've ever seen of a business. I wrote it down. Yona Schnimmel's Knish Bakery. Uh, I thought it was going to be bagel, 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 bagel. But, well, that's a much more racist term. Is it? You think it is? that racist? I have voice now. Why is that racist? It's a religion, not a race. Drinks it up. <laughs> well, I switched to Heineken because that's what James Bond drinks. Heineken! <laughs> yeah, they decided that. Shake and not stir. <laughs> no beer.
beard doesn't work that way. <laughs> Thanks, corporations. <laughs> Mr. Bond, beard doesn't work that way either. So, so, uh, this, uh, I just rewatched Die Another Day yesterday, or two days ago. I don't know if you guys have watched it yesterday. Some it's worse like it. than you remember. <laughs> and uh, the Die Another Day theme song, do you remember the Die Another Day theme song by Madonna? Die another day, cause today's a poor close. day for that. Uh, at one point, at one point in the song, she goes, Sigmund Freud. What? Yeah. yeah. That's how you up the intelligence of any song. <laughs> and then she goes, analyze this. Yeah. Analyze this. Dude, but and I'm like, what's your favorite De Niro movie? You just shot, 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 Sigmund Freud. Shot, shot, shot. I like it's a really smart song. You guys just don't. Yeah, that's the thing in Madonna, like in Madonna's mind. She's like, to smarten up this song, I've just added the names of intelligent people. Yeah. <laughs> James Bond, Nikola Tesla, Nikola, Nikola, Nikola. <laughs> Do you have it right there? Nikola, 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 Nikola. Nikola. Let me skip in here. It's, it's worse than you remember. It's, I don't remember it. How about... It's worse than that. What movie is this? Is this with the uh, guy from uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Is that the Bond? Robin Williams? <laughs> is this the one? Did you say Matthew Lawrence? No, it's Robin Williams. What the fuck are you thinking of? You the guy from Mrs. Doubtfire. Matthew Lawrence was in Mrs. Doubtfire. And I'm what? Sorry. No, Harvey Firestein. Oh. Oh, you. Listen. I better call Q. Let's I better call my lawyer. And get the lawyer. Get me the watch that shoots lasers. We oh. really gotta do this thing. We're Her Majesty's Secret oh. Service. Uh. You know what? I don't feel like it. I think I'll just die another day. I tell you what. I tell you what. Don't talk about Octopussy. I'd let him blow felled me. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, I can think of a couple odd jobs. <laughs> Why can't it be Octoballs? <laughs> Uh, most people don't know that Johnny Carson reference. Uh, 
Carson Daly? You mean that thing? Man, my dream is to be on Carson and get waved over from the video segment. <laughs> that is such an example. He's going to wave you over from whatever couch thing he's sitting at that week because they don't have a studio. I was studio. kind of hoping, um, I was kind of hoping you would have the jumpsuits. Oh, really? You want the jumpsuit? I got it right over there. Do you have it? Yeah, you want me to put on the jumpsuit? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a sexy version of the thing. Cheesy movie. <laughs> the worst he can fucking find. Sorry, Mike Rubbish. Mike Rubbish. Mike Rubbish. Sorry, Mike Rubbish. 
<laughs> when you try to talk fast, you talk weird and slow. That's okay. Here we go. Yeah. It's like the Bionic Man. I'm, I'm, this is me talking really fast. I am talking faster than your ears can crush. And now you can't say. By the way, uh, there's a new. I, I, we saw a song uh, uh, on uh, iTunes. It's a top song on iTunes. We saw a song. <laughs> we didn't click listen. Yeah, yeah. We were also on acid, and so that explains how we were able to see the song. Purchase. We looked at all these smells. Feel it, Chris. So, look out, Christmas shoes. There's a new heavy-handed sheriff in town, oh. and it's called Beer for Jesus. <laughs> no, yeah, and so it's... What? It's Beer beer with Jesus. There's a song beer called with Jesus? Beer with Jesus. I'm listening. And before... Before Chloe even clicked on it, I go, I want to tell you exactly what this song is about. It's a, it's a redneck lamenting about how he just wishes he could have a beer with Jesus Christ and ask him questions about life. Oh, my God. And so she starts playing the song, and it's just like... And so I wanted to ask, how do you turn the other cheek? That's it, this beer with Jesus. I'm belligerent. <laughs> Who is singing for the roses? With Jesus. Jesus later. <laughs> Gonna find a part that's not too crowded. Yeah. And I'll drop the roofie in when it goes to the bathroom. Now, he's going to teach on like a crowded bar, you know? He yes. likes a bar, though. He likes to sit on one side of a table. <laughs> <laughs> drinking with Jesus and you were, like, really distracted by Why? the TV. Why? <laughs> You just, it's like yeah. right beyond yeah. him, too. Yeah, yeah. Just, right. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, You're it's, thinking of doing the Sermon on the Mount? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 Jesus. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus' glass just has the blood smear on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, let's get Crusoe fucked up tonight. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to drink this. It's your blood. It's just wine, you guys. It's not really Shit, hold on. Give me a phone. I'm going to text Mary Magdalene. And Jesus is like, should I fucking, should I text Mary Magdalene? I want to text her. Jesus Christ! What? You want hot wings? Uh, that is a really bad song. Define bad. Smash mouth. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited you're I'm excited you're here, Joel. Uh, I want to bring out our next guest as well, so we have the full panel rocking. Uh, we have actually two guests. The full panel rocking the night away. We'll see you guys at the after party at Guy Fieri's American Kitchen. Full panel rock. Tequila shooters on Guy. Yeah. Check out the Nerdist sliders. Jesus Christ drinks free. <laughs> uh, this is very exciting uh, to have this guy. Yeah, no, you can stay there. Whatever you want. You can be wherever you want. Um, our next guest. <laughs> guys, we went through this during run through. <laughs> Save it for the stage, man. Come on. <laughs> do it on the night. Yeah, do it on the night later. When yeah, later. On the real show. 
Well, we're not doing the practice show like on SNL where they do the pre-show. Yeah. It's called the dress rehearsal. I don't care. This is really exciting, you guys. Uh, there are two gentlemen uh, backstage who are working on a project together that is very relevant to your interests. So please welcome to the stage, Travis Beecham and Guillermo del Toro! Second best podcast ever. Yeah. After Tom Hanks. Right. <laughs> that was a pretty great one. Um, welcome, you guys. It's nice to see you. It's, yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. They, they were just saying backstage that, that you don't, like, really calmly. I don't think they really cue, so it might be a good idea if you go. And then we heard the cheering, and they're like, go, go. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Travis uh, wrote a movie called Pacific Rim. Yeah. Uh, which is directing, and I just, I kind of want to give people a little bit of context over there. I, I just moderated the Legendary Comics panel, and, um... How'd you, you get that gig? I almost said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get that gig? <laughs> I own you! <laughs> That's the laughter money causes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we... You guys are doing, uh, you're doing a Pac-Ram comic. That is essentially. Do you want to talk about a little bit, Travis? Just tell people what the comic is about. Yeah, sure. I, it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be basically a prequel to the movie. So it's uh, the movie. It, it, it kind of drops you in. I, I love the drop in. I'm a big fan of Blade Runner. You know, where it's like you, you don't you don't get the explanation. You're kind of dropped into the situation and you just follow the world as it goes. And so what that does is it leaves a lot. It leaves a lot of room open to fill in the gaps. You know, and go back and tell the backstory. And that's essentially what we're doing in the comic book. Is Taking it from the history, so you see how our world became this world that you see in the movie. Yeah, because when you were working on the character bible, it was just like like a thousand pages. No, we did. If it's on, I don't know. It should be. Hola. <laughs> Wait, try the wireless right here. What the fuck? <laughs> no, I'll take this one. So now, we, when we worked on the, we we developed the the signage on the robots. We needed to develop the. The tech on the robots. We need. We needed to sign everything. Where they would be open for repair, fueling stations, uh, where they would be boarded from, all of that. And at the same time, we were developing the biographies of the characters. And there was a lot, a huge backlog of information. We generated a bible that was about a thousand pages long. We we said, and and in the movie, when you see, there's a lot of signage on the on the on the on the tech areas where it says. Hazardous stomping danger, you know. <laughs> he has a, a Jaeger foot crunching a person. Really small. You could have just had it run on pink slime like the Statue of Liberty at Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be refueled, just good vibes, everybody. <laughs> we did think about that. <laughs> no, but, but, uh, but there's a lot of stuff that was generated that we'll find somewhere that is way into the comic. Yeah. So uh, we showed, the, well, Guillermo showed the. Uh, Pack Rim trailer, which no one had seen except for San Diego Comic Con. And I think what happens a lot of times is New York Comic Con is such an amazing convention, 
but it doesn't always get the love that San Diego gets just because it's very convenient for Los Angeles to just send people to San Diego. And so New York doesn't always get these like big, huge, news-breaking kinds of things. And so Guillermo, they told him, they're like, I don't think we're going to show the trailer. And he was like, I'm going to fucking show it anyway. And he showed it, and people fucking leapt to their feet and went bananas. Like, it was such an amazing moment. Um, it, it, it was beautiful. For a fat man of my, I was deeply moved and changed. <laughs> I hear you. Not only ding-dongs. Twinkies. So, I, I know you can't, we, there isn't really much we can talk about with, um, with the movie, but, you know, how's it going? Are you happy with the, the progress? Like, what well, the best experience I've, I've had in, the, in shooting a movie, uh, in, in, in all of them, uh, including Spanish language, European movies or American movies, this has been the one where I actually enjoyed the process from beginning until now, loving it. Yeah. It's literally the most fun I've had. And, uh, you know, we were fully supported. Uh, Legendary and Warners have been great. And, and uh, with Legendary, with Thomas, obviously, is we, you get to geek out and you get to talk to a studio head that has sideshow toy maquettes on his uh, shelves that he has a Jim Lee or Frank Miller original on the wall, you're like, wow. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's expensive. Are you guys looking forward to the porn parody Pacific Rim job? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that needs a Pacific Rim shot. How, how hard was to go with that? And it's, it's not not like, hard at all. <laughs> but those robots are going to be real hard when they're fucking. <laughs> Saving Ryan's privates. <laughs> or Homo Alone or any of those. Sweet, sweet Homo Alone versus uh, For the listener at home, uh, Chris spent about five minutes talking about how we're all going to have 45 minute orgasms uh, before the show started, and then he said, strap on your cum boots. And I just assumed that was for protection from all the cum that would be on the floor. Oh, those would be cum galoshes. Or cum galoshes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I loved watching um, backstage. I'm gonna turn it away from you. Uh, you always do. I But is your microphone working yet? Fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> you fit in great. I saw I saw Guillermo do a uh, Q and A with uh, Edgar Wright for Scott Pilgrim at the Egyptian. And uh, a fantastic fucking movie. Great, great movie. And uh, the only thing I took away from it, other than the fact that it was a fantastic movie, was Guillermo loves swearing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And honestly, when, we, when I moderated the, the Packer panel at San Diego Comic Con, you burst into a tirade because you're like, what did you remember what you said about motion capture? No. <laughs> you know, and that happens with Tourette's, you don't remember. <laughs> you said you were talking about how the robots in Pac Rim, you're like, there was no motion capture. Fuck motion capture. Like, you get so mad at motion capture. You're like, fuck no cap. No, what, what, what it is, is it's difficult to do that with, if the robots need to move like humans. Then it's, I mean, they can move, move human like, but I wanted the. The you know shock absorbers and everything mechanical to to be animated frame by frame. Yeah. I didn't want to go the easy route and have them move like they are, uh, you know, two hundred pound uh, actors. They yeah. needed to move like they uh, they they are twenty five stories high. They cushion a little different. You know? Yeah. They, like they would not walk normally. So it looks it looks amazing. Like it looks amazing. Like what do you see? What do you see? Ah! 
There's a lot of discussion about whether or not to go with a hat. But, uh, I feel like I feel like wrong choice. Aren't gonna, that's ah! Oh shit! Sweater vest. What's yeah. up? Uh, but yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, you, the, the lack of motion capture really comes across because you really get the sense of the scale of these things. And Same with the monsters. You know, the monsters are humanoid, but they are the proportions are not like, like me. They are proportions. <laughs> <laughs> you said something. I, I got to. I had the the absolute pleasure of going to the Masters of Horror dinner. That, yeah. that uh, it was it was just John Landis and like a million amazing. Well, John Dante, John Carpenter, uh, Robert Rodriguez, Robert, yeah. yeah, and. Uh, and I don't know how you guys got on that topic, but you started talking about how farting in public, and you're like, I don't fart, but I will I not. <laughs> I don't ever, ever, ever. But that, that's the tragedy of being my size. You're in an elevator, somebody farts, they look at me. That's why you should just do it. It's going to land you anyway. I can't, I can't. I'm, uh, really, I'm the most polite. His theory is sound. <laughs> yeah, because you said, I don't fart in public, I, I just look like I do. That's what you said. Exactly, it's a tragedy. I'm an innocent man. I only Frame fart for public. a crime that I didn't commit. <laughs> a man fart framed for a fart crime he didn't commit. <laughs> but those are, those are fun dinners. We always have dinner somewhere in Burbank, and they are the strangest ones. And some of the masters of horror are really cheap. So, so every time we, uh, well, they're horror movie directors. Yeah, horror movie, and, and they are always saying, "How much do I have to tip?" <laughs> John Carpenter, come on! <laughs> so we, go, we do the rest of our dogs. No, no, you have to tip. <laughs> Seriously, man. But I, big trouble in that little Chinese restaurant. Hey, nice, nice. Reasons why people love you so much, besides the fact that your movies are are, are stunning, is that um, you are. It's like you're one of them. You're one of us, and so it's sort of like if anyone, if anyone in this community got to make a movie, it's like you're the guy because you really are. Like I get like Guillermo and Joel geeked out on each other the second it was like I'm a big fan. They're like, but I know right back at you. Like, and you guys geeked out about each other's work for a while. That was the craziest makeout session I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I still don't know which one of them farted. Only natural. <laughs> no, you know, I think that uh, when you come in, it's like I was walking the floor yesterday in the Comic Con, and uh, you see some vendors and some uh, stands where you know that people really get it. Yeah. And then you see the ones that think, oh, the kids, is the kids are gonna like this. Right. And you can see this weird. They don't really belong with the product that seems. Calculated as, as a geek, you have a bullshit meter that is really, really, extremely real, extremely accurate, and, and the truth and, and loving the things you do are, are there. It's weird and it's hard, but at the end of the day, it's really satisfactory because when you meet people that love what you do, you know they really love it. Yeah, they're not there because they have to be sympathetic with you. They really are there to connect with you. Yeah, and I and, and I love it. I my social life. Other than this, is fucking zero. <laughs> You're zero. Literally. <laughs> and then I come to this exam. I love, love really meeting like-minded uh, geeks. Yeah. Adam Savage tells a story about how he met you at San Diego Comic Con one year where you were like walking by talking about and he was like, Oh fuck, Guillermo del Toro! And you yelled back, Oh fuck, Mythbusters! <laughs> that was the second craziest makeout session I've ever seen. <laughs> 
for a lot of these big cat sessions. I had him actually the Mythbusters guy. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, you, you have a, you, but you inspired Adam Savage to have a man cave, like yeah. his own. Uh, he, came, he came. He came to visit Bleak House, which is. The, the house I bought to, to gain independence from having anyone tell me what the fuck went on the walls or not. You know, I, 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 I've been under the dominion of my mother for so many years and then I marry and my wife says, you can't put that in the kitchen. I said, I buy my house. <laughs> I'm, I'm 43, I'm buying my house. And I, I, I bought this house and I, I built the circuit, secret passages. I built a, 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 a room where... The collectively just went, oh. <laughs> it, is, it is fucking amazing. You would pay to see this. It's, it's really it's good. Amazing. And I have a room where it rains all day. Or outside it's raining 24-7. <laughs> surround system with thunder. Uh, like so. awesome. If anyone tried to burgle it, I feel like they would open the door and see, see Samuel like snarling at no, the they're, they're, Right now they open the door and there's a life-size sculpture by uh, Thomas Kubler of H.P. Lovecraft reading a book looking straight at the person coming. <laughs> if they open the door you should get some locks. <laughs> You turn, the, you turn the corner and at the end of the corner is hands the midget from Freaks with a razor blade. <laughs> no way. That's my fucking alarm <laughs> Dude, that's just like, that's like Brian Brown's apartment in FX where he's got the creature and... <laughs> I have a, a, you know, I have a 10 foot tall, hyper real Frankenstein head by Mike Hill. Staring right at you when you come in. Oh shit! I mean, a, a burglar going in either has to have a strong stomach or really be hungry to steal that shit. <laughs> I'm here to steal the rain. <laughs> you can't <laughs> steal the rain, brother. It belongs to us all. Uh uh, you can't steal the sky. I'm stealing the chicken. What? <laughs> That's a mushroom conversation. <laughs> But I, I discovered today in the panel that you're also a, uh, a huge fan of Sid Marty Croft. Like I started naming off all these, like, like Sigma Sea Monsters. And, uh, when we, we were exposed to everything from Puff and Stuff to Lidsville when I was Yeah, there. yeah, with Hoodoo. What, how was, because uh, you grew up in Guadalajara, is that right? So what, like, what, what culturally influenced you? Like, what, what of our stuff did, first of all, you're... How, you bilingual in, in a way that, like, I don't, I can't imagine directing in another language. Like, how do you, how do, would you always speak English, or how did it? I, I started, I started learning English with, um, with, um, well, in Mexico we subtitled the movies, so I would watch the Universal Monster movies every Sunday and read the subtitles and listen, and then I started buying uh, Famous Monsters of Film and, and Mad Magazine, and I literally got a dictionary uh, from my father's library, and I started translating. Like that, and I'm self-taught, and so it, it was. It took many years, and I never lost the accent. But, but I'm, I, I really love writing in English. When we write the string novels, I, I love I, 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 writing screenplays is super hard. But literature, writing fiction is fantastic, and and uh, you know it's the monsters that did it. It was either Alfred E. Newman or or Casey Gold was covered in the end. Okay, I'm gonna give you fifty dollars and you say all that, and then at the end say thanks, Rosetta Stone. <laughs> I, where would I be without Rosetta? <laughs> snip, snip, money. <laughs> I want to learn Japanese though. 
to because so many of your films have that. There's an, there's there's one special element like that that I think you know has become sort of synonymous with your. I think the movie that changed my life in that respect was Planet of the Apes, and 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 beneath the Planet of the Apes, the moment when when uh, the guy can remove the masks and the skin is raw underneath. I, I, I dream about it still. I, I love it. And Planet of the Apes, I, I could watch endlessly in a loop for the rest of my life. I, I love Roddy McDowell. You know, and, and oh, that Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I was thinking of the Marky Mark one. Because I was like on board until then. <laughs> no, but it's, 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 it's really, John Chambers, I think, remains one of the really top makeup artists that ever lived. And he's not recognized as much as he should be. Yeah. And I think Argo will be interesting to see because of that. I'm, how do you, uh, because you're such a fan of stuff, uh, because you're such a fan of comics, I know, and video games, uh, and, and film, how do you find time, like, because you have to create so much, so when do you get to be a consumer? When do you get to, it, it, like, take things in? Do you still have to make time for that? Yeah, no, thankfully my, my, my daughters love the stuff. So my, my, we play video games together, we watch some weird, weird old movies together. Right now they love um, black and white anything on the house. They, they adore it. And we watch, like we religiously watch Adventure Time. <laughs> Which I, I think is, is truly a masterpiece. I, I say it without any hint of just geekdom. It's the freedom, the way they associate things, the innocence of, uh, and at the same time, the, the sort of gleeful perversity. It's just amazing. I mean, I, I have my fan figures at the office. Oh, wow. And, but, but we do that, and then... Uh, uh, just, I just want to throw a concept at you. <coughs> I've actually been Metro Time movie. All right, anyway, play with whatever you want to But I also, I love, the, the thing that I don't do as much as I used to is I, I have my painting model station. I love paint to paint models. I don't have time for that much more, but, but I have my one Phantom of the Paradise pending. Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. I, I, that's the only movie. I own a 35 millimeter print. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's I awesome. and I have a, two of the Phantom masks, um, replicas. I have um, the action figures that came out of Medicom. I'm a. Do you I'm have Brian De Palma's crane as well? No, <laughs> but, but I, I I've had a dinner with Paul Williams a couple of times. Oh, that's just awesome. to to geek out and say. <laughs> Swan, swan. He's like, I don't care as long as you pay for the meal. <laughs> I, lo I love that movie with all my heart. It's a great movie. It's an incredibly romantic movie. Is there any part of you that sort of, <laughs> where you're like, someday I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a big director just so I can meet all the people that I've. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally, I, I love working and meeting the people I admire, and and contrary to what I mean, I've been disappointed very few times. Most of the time I meet somebody and, uh, you know, I, we hit it off, really, and, and we become friends. Who is the most disappointing shot? <laughs> but, you know, it happens. But uh, amazing, like, John Landis is a great friend. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I really adore him. Like, uh, Joe Dante, Carpenter. Cronenberg is truly, truly a great guy. Yeah. He's constantly giving me some life advice. <laughs> like when, when Pans was going to Cannes, I stopped in Toronto and he said, you know, be prepared, fantasy is never going to win that festival, so don't get your eyes off and hopes high. And, and I, 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 he, it was wise. <laughs> wise for him to say. He's a great guy. Yeah. 
Um, did you? Uh, I, I Kronos was a great movie, by the way, and I, I was kind of looking at like. Uh, I mean, obviously, in other movies, I'm sure you all know Guillermo, but you know, Mimic or, or, or Blade Two. Uh, but there was a movie that I hadn't seen that I saw on your IMDb page that I wanted to ask you about because I loved the description of it so much. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm gonna give you a, a piece of news nobody knows. And they'll probably kill me for it. But uh, Criterion is doing Devil's Backbone. Oh, really? Which oh, is my favorite movie ever. That's your favorite movie. That's my That's favorite. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, because the one that I saw was called uh, Geometria. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, and 1987, nine minutes long, here's the description. A boy is tired of failing geometry, so he summons a demon. Been there, done that. It's true, it's in the Chronos uh, Blu-ray DVD. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I include it. It's a movie I did for uh, $2,000. And uh, I, I did all the makeup effects, I did some of the lighting, I built the sets, and my mother is the main character, and uh, is the mother of the kid. Wait, is she, she played the demon? Oh. Yeah. No, the demon is played by a friend, uh, the brother of a friend is a boy with a wig, and, and I, all the voices in the short is me, because it, is, 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 it was shot in fake Italian. <laughs> I'm fake Italian with subtitles, so I make the voice of my mother, the kid, the demon. Geometria now in faux Italian. <laughs> when you find, you know, because so I mean, like your earlier work, your 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 hands, you're on, you're in it, like you're you're doing most of the stuff and you're crafting it. You're sort of like you're creating kind of a moving sculpture, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so when you can make a movie like Pacrim and you're given, you know, a massive budget. Do you feel oddly like that's limiting in a way? Because I sometimes think the less money you have, the less resources, it kind of can force you to be more creative. So is it is it unnerving a little bit when you have all of the resources in the world? Not well. First of all, your duty as director, no matter what you're doing, if you're doing a two thousand dollar movie or or a hundred million dollar movie, you you need to make sure that your ambitions are far far uh, bigger than the budget. Yeah. You need to try and make it look twice as big. So no matter what the budget, I'm always counting the number of cars, of extras, counting the days, trying to do double uh, double shifts, whatever it needs it needs to be. So no, and in the case of Pat Rim, knock on wood, so far so fantastic because we got away with some really really crazy shit, <laughs> really seriously crazy shit. So, uh, in the, and I, I think it's been the best experience also because uh, I really can't say this enough, Thomas Tom and John Gashney yeah. are real, real fans. Yeah. So I could, I could go to Thomas and, and it's the first time I would be arguing with a, a studio head saying, no, 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 keep that, don't lose it, find something else. It was, it was really great to do that and we have a couple of really deranged uh, set pieces in that. I mean, I know you listen. To, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if people will believe me because now Legendary owns our company. But it's. it's I don't believe you. They're Honestly, like the fa like Thomas will literally say like, you know, you gotta you gotta make your own vision, and you have like he's such a you sit with him and you you run out of the room and you're just like I wanna punch the moon because yeah. he's like think as big as you could possibly think and then go bigger and do whatever you wanna do and we just wanna support that. It's fucking crazy. Why, Why did, did you punch the moon? Why would you beat up the moon, man? <laughs> conversations I, I had with Thomas, you know, you're used to some pretty, like, 
be pedestrian conversations going in and having meetings with, with execs and, and that sort of thing. And, and Thomas, like, I remember it was a development meeting about the Civic Rim. Um, he goes, he said, now, I've been thinking about how this thing works. Is it anything like quantum entanglement? And I'm like, uh, well, yeah. But I, you wouldn't put that in the script because... No, I mean, like, he really, he, ha he he comes at it from, like, a really earnest place, and, you know, it's just been a very, very charming And look, from the beginning, uh, having, I had two perfect experiences shooting. Devil's Wagon was one, because Pedro Almodovar produced it, and he was truly like a guardian angel. He was sure that we got what we needed, he was not interfering, he was a director, he is a director, so he knew how to produce for a director, and it was an amazing experience. And the other one is Pacific Rim, because uh, basically, if I needed Thomas or I needed help, I would call and they would be there. Other than that, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. And I was super happy to run the set with the same freedom I would run an independent movie. I would say, ah, we're not doing those pages, we're doing this other, we're going to do this in the other room, ah, let's change the dialogue, like, complete freedom. It was fantastic. So how, you know, with, 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 with any movie, but Pac-Rim in particular, you, you must have to, like, going in, your vision must be so crystal clear because you just, there is no room for, like, eh, I don't know. That's why you don't, you don't ever, you should never, ever, ever make a movie you don't really want to do. I don't understand how anyone can do a movie by, just by a decision of career, because I think, I think shooting is a, is a movie. A movie is, a, is like fucking. At some point, it, you cannot fake a boner. You're into it. Good night, everybody. When you leave tonight, remember that, guys. <laughs> said, I fake every one of my orgasms. Yeah. If you fake a boner, it's a phoner. <laughs> you can you can sure. fake an orgasm. <laughs> Here comes the finish. You I, cannot fake a boner. I don't know it can. It's impossible. No, it's it's impossible. questions a day and, and a lot of them you can be quick about the decisions you make but instinctively and this happens the more experience you get the, the smoother it gets uh, the decisions are very accurate and well considered even if you have to take them fast like color everybody comes at you and your job is to have all the all the answers and have all the right answers all the time like literally when you're directing, everybody's coming uh, from right, left, all the time. Wow. It is my second language. Get your fucking heads out of the gun. Yeah, when I direct, everyone's coming. Oh my god, I got, I got a question for the director of Pacific Rim Jam. I got a question. You did Kronos before uh, Hellboy, right? Yeah. And when did it dawn on you that Ron Perlman, you said, shit, he looks just like Hellboy. <laughs> it, no prosthetics. It, it, was, it was really, it was really... It was the Beauty and the Beast series, wasn't they it? Took his, they took his wig off. When, when, <laughs> when, you know, there, there's a, when Ron and I first were, um, when we were post-producing Ron's and we went to a party, the, the opening party for Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Quentin was there, and, and he, we, he had just shown the movie 
for the first time, and we were trying to get in, and we didn't have an invite. So I said to Ron, you, you should get in because you're famous. He says, I'm doing a fucking TV show. <laughs> and, and he was a beauty and the beast had just finished. And we walk in, I go behind him, the, the bouncer says, I know you, you can go in. And then he says, but what, what are you? He says, I, I do, I'm an actor. He says, no, but what, what's here? He says, I'm on TV. He's walking up the stairs, and the guy says, I know who you are. You're that motherfucking lion dude. <laughs> <laughs> Very respectful. You should do a show called That Motherfucking Lion Dude. <laughs> I'd watch it. It's exactly like The New Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but That's the Ron, European title. Ron, uh, the moment I, 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 I approached Larry Gordon, and, and uh, I, they said, you can do the movie, because I love the comic with a passion. The moment it was accepted, I said, I want Ron Perlman to be the, the, the Hellboy. And that's why it took eight years. It took eight years to make Hellboy because every single meeting on every single studio was no, no to Ron Perlman. And uh, the, the weekend Blade 2 opened, and we opened number one. I called Ron and I said, either we get this thing greenlit next week, or we're never going to do it. And literally, the week uh, late to open, and it opened big, uh, we got Elbow Green. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it, like, when you're... It's so, I just feel like with so many other mediums, you can make stuff and turn it around a little bit quicker. I mean, television takes a little bit of time, but, you know, like you said, eight years or, you know... How long have you been working on Pack Rim? Yeah. About two and a half. Yeah, so, you, you know, you're investing a, a massive chunk of your life in a movie, do you feel any risk at all, or do you, is it just like head down, do your job? You know, like he's got a room where it rains all the time. <laughs> you cannot be rational and make movies. You cannot be, be socially apt and make movies. You, you have to love it so much that you don't want to spend your time doing anything else. Yes, absolutely, like, it's a perfect. It's a perfect look. If you're gonna bet, you you should bet for the extraordinary in your life, you know, like, there's a lot of guys that can be better, more sociable husbands or fathers. I may, I may be crappy at some of it, but I love, I, they, fortunately for me, my family is a, a circus family. They travel with me, they love it, they, they, they know I arrive at 2 a.m. and get, go to work at 4 a.m. They lift but, big weights, one of them's a lizard girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I was just, I was just wondering, like, I was, you know, I feel bad for a director, like, if they, if they work so long in a movie and it doesn't turn out quite the way they wanted. Yeah, or that was my biography recently. <laughs> it happened what? Yeah, well, the mountains, mountains of madness. We've been trying for 13 years now. Oh, God, 13 years, and uh, we came very close uh, right before back rent, and uh, it, it collapsed uh, when we were. I was uh, scouting in a helicopter the glacier when we got the phone call to come back to LA and have a meeting. We were opening the offices the, the week after. Well, I hate when bad news comes in a helicopter. In the helicopter. <laughs> in the glaciers. Like, and, and, and I said to my wife, I'm going to pack my thick pants. <laughs> and I go with, my, with, a, with sweatpants. I, my, my legs went completely numb in the middle of the excursion scouting. I regretted bringing my... And now to this day, my daughters and my wife say, pack your thick pants. <laughs> But does that stuff, I mean, are you, can you kind of roll with that stuff? Or is no, it, I, I, was, it I was really, really, truly affected by, by the uh, fallout of mountains. But that happened on a Friday, and Monday 
I was on, on board of Pipeline. I was already producing and developing along with, with Legendary and Travis, but uh, it really affected me. It's the, the first time <coughs> in my life when, when I truly, for two days, I was completely depressed. Deeply, deeply, deeply depressed. And then I said, I gotta go and shoot. I love this movie. And uh, for the longest time as we were designing Pac-Ram and I was just producing, I was thinking, who is the bastard that is gonna take all these great designs and enjoy them? And you know, when it happened, I was uh, quick and happy, but for, for that weekend, it was a weekend in hell. Well, people or in the rain room. In the rain room. <laughs> <laughs> I was sad in the rain room. With, it's always sad the with way the rain, you With the rain, you couldn't see my tears. <laughs> the rain is tears, bro. It's like he's like just, just sitting in a room and he's like, something's wrong. And he just flips the switch and it starts raining out the window. Looking out the window, cats and dogs in here. And he looks over and he goes, shut up, Lovecraft. Quiet <laughs> <laughs> <My> hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think just just watching people in San Diego, watching people at um, at New York Comic Con today, they are weird. They, yeah. they, they are excited about. I think they're excited about Pac Rim because I think it's a movie that they really want. Like that, you know, no one's really done like a great giant like kaiju movie in, in a way that we feel like technology should have given us by now. What about robot jocks? <laughs> <laughs> Two shit. It's always either monsters or robots. It's never quite... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, obviously, you know, there were there was maybe one sequence in the first Transformers. Like, okay, that sequence is pretty cool. But then it's just like, it's like, no, that's not, that's not what, what I needed. What sequence did you see that was pretty cool? <laughs> it's, the, it's the sequence where um, there's the, it's chasing down the freeway with Oh, yeah. Right? That's a, and he's got, he does the like right I like when the Transformer pees oil. <laughs> so, the old ones have beards. It doesn't make any sense, Travis. Don't think about it. Because they didn't have a mechanic come along and make a goatee. Like, when does my car get old enough that it has a beard? <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that there are no robot beards in that <laughs> Because what, it, is it, 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 it Starscream a beard? of beards. <laughs> 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 oh, Megatron, wouldn't it be wild to great against some robot pussies? <laughs> oh, Megatron, what are we going to do? Oh, oh jazz. This is how I talk for some reason. <laughs> I, I am Smirnoff, what the country robot? Hey, let's go to the moon. Let's get Buzz Aldrin in this to fuck over Matt Myra. <laughs> Everyone's out to get you, huh? No, just Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> do, do, do your kids appreciate? Wait, they, they were having this great conversation, Joel and uh, and, and Guillermo, uh, William of the Bull, I believe. Yeah. Um, were uh, having this great conversation about how Joel said you you thought you thought your kids would really dig Mr. Science Theater. You're like, hey, look what your dad did, this cool thing, and they were like, not having it. <laughs> Hey, no offense, your kids are fucking idiots then. I'm not sure if you're gonna take that. Well, wait, it's kind of weird if, like, if Joel, if you were talking over, you're, you talking over, then they would have been like, Dad, you're already doing this once. 
Yeah, I, I went back to a single mystery science theater with my kids. Really? Oh, yeah. oh they kids. Yeah. Uh, Joel, I have a pamphlet for you about adoption. <laughs> what? Joel's theory, Joel's theory is that kids just naturally don't aren't into what their parents do, and Guillermo's theory is that they don't understand the concept of B movies in the way that we had when we were growing up. No, they got the Transformers. Well, they got B movies. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't say D movies. I hate Transformers. <laughs> really going out on a limb there by hearing Transformers, huh? <laughs> if well, I mean, I don't have to see them socially. Gamma might. <laughs> I have no social life. He's <laughs> always fucking zero. Wait, the ghost of the bar dinner. The ghost of the bar dinner. That's your social life. It's pretty good social life. I think it's not too late to put a 25-story Tom Servo in Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> just in the background. Just in the background somewhere. You, you, you just hear it suddenly. I'm huge. <laughs> 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 like you would just see it for a split second. Like you have to freeze frame to see it. I like Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> Gross,
Uh, you're also a Valve fan too, right? What's your favorite Valve game? Oh man. I think he said Valve. We're a big fan of Vowels, that's not you. You. I like the because like, it's only sometimes. Sometimes why. Yeah. No, I like, I love uh, Left 4 Dead and uh, Portal. Portal. Creating the voice for the AI of uh, the main robot in Pacific Rim, I, I called Val and I said, "Is it okay if I use Gladys?" Oh, and, uh, and, uh, we we called Ellen McLean and we've we've done two sessions. Oh, shit, that's awesome. what if they just said, "Fuck no," and they hung up? And then like, would you just go get a sound alike? No, I, wanted, I wanted it to be specifically her. Yeah. I think the the. What is great about Portal, aside from the gameplay, is how much character yeah. they have, you know? And it's, it's great interaction, uh, and it's a family experience. We all play, we all play Portal, and, and my daughter loves, loves it when I lose. <laughs> and when you say we all play Portal, you mean your family watches you play Portal? You, you believe it or not, but like when we play a scary game, my two daughters say, you play it, we'll coach you. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 now shoot it, shoot it, I'm shooting it! <laughs> what, I, mean, what, I think the most amazing thing about Portal is that the, the, it's like you said, the, the, these characters who have no real moving, articulating mouths or features, just very simple designs, are so expressive. Super expressive. And, and the design work in Portal is amazing. And uh, the stuff in Left 4 Dead, some of the... I hate normally cinematic little interludes, you know, like... Uh, but those are great, and and the uh, and the design of the characters is fantastic. You know, the jockey or the uh, you know the tank, which is like Hanover Fist by Bernard Wrightson. Yeah, you know? I, I love those things, and and uh, and you get to know the characters eventually. Like like I always I'm always Francis on the first one. <laughs> I'm always like I'm Francis. I don't give a fuck. What I do. <laughs> Inside of me, I'm Francis. And, so, you know, and then the second one, I coach. Uh, are you going to start doing uh, video games at any point? Yeah, and we've been developing, uh, we developed something with THQ and then THQ had went through the whole terminal management change and all that. So, so we just booed THQ's turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> Boo turmoil! It's the worst! We hate turmoil. Yeah. No, but they, they went through a complete uh, change and uh, now we're looking for another developer to, to do it. We took all the assets that we did and we're looking at it. Huh? I would love that. I mean, look, I, I love that we have a great kinship, but I don't, I don't want to impose my, my visit. Chris, okay. you can't just say words. Valve. True. Valve. 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 Two syllables. Valve. Valve. I'm like a character in an old 80s cartoon called Valve, and I just say my name. That's my only thing. Valve. 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 Valve is Valve. Well, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm podcasting. I'm best cool. friends with, what is it? <laughs> it sucks because you're fucking, that was exactly what I was doing. Uh, no, I was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna podcast Gabe Newell in, in a few days, and, uh, and I just, I, I would like to casually throw it out there, like, hey, he knows me great work, he's probably doing a, why am I Paul Tompkins all of a sudden? Uh, <laughs> anyway. I might throw it out there. Just might throw it out there because I, I would imagine he's probably a huge fan of your work as well. Uh, if it's something you're going to do. I, I wouldn't presume. 
Um, so what else, uh, can you talk about anything like what stage of the movie you're at right now, or like, because this come out until 2013. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we are, uh, we are deep in pre-production and post-production, we finished, uh, I finished my, my cut, and the movie is uh, right now two hours five, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, uh, it's about refining that until, until we come out, we have, uh, every, uh, three times a week, uh, we have uh, an hour long, uh, conversation with ILM, going through every piece of animation, and every two weeks I go to San Francisco, spend the day there with them, going through the animation, uh, and we're managing every shot, acting, pantomime, weight, physics, dynamics, uh, camera moves, blah, 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 everything. And uh, fortunately for me, in the last couple of, year, couple of years, I've been really involved in animation, and uh, it's helped me a lot. Uh, beyond just a couple of shots, to be able to uh, to manage the the animation language and the and the crafting of it a lot more. What is it about? What is it that you think? Why do you think this kind of movie hasn't been done right yet? I think that uh, seriously, I, I, it's gonna sound like what you said that we, but it needs it needs to have uh, um, the creative part. I think a lot of people would want to do. But the part where the studios make the decision, you need somebody like Thomas and John and Legendary to go and say, do it. And do it. Normally, uh, you're fighting for the movie to be more conventional, for the movie to be there. And, and who has done a movie like that? There's a thing in Hollywood, they call it the comps. And they say, this movie looks like that movie that was done five years ago, and that movie that was done ten years ago, and they made $50 million or so we can give you 40. Mm -hmm. That's the way they make a decision normally. It doesn't come from the gut. It doesn't come from the passion and the madness. And I don't think this movie would exist without Legendary. Yeah. I really don't. Um, well, I mean, again, I know people are like, you just do it in conversion for Legendary, but it really does. Like, the, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't give a fuck, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> But the footage looks great, and I really hope that you know. I don't know when it, when it's when, when people are going to be able to see it, but it, but I think when they do see it, they'll be like, oh fuck, okay, you know. I mean, you really have to. You, you have to find that that is is, is uh, uh, the tragedy. The tragedy of uh, the craft is that you, that you need to have a, an artistic or storytelling component, and you have a financial. Yeah. And you definitely need somebody in the financial side to say yes to your idea. And that's a tragedy. That's why normally you get more freedom doing things like Devil's Backbone or Pan's Labyrinth where you go, and this is where he shoots the girl repeatedly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ending. This is, here's your happy ending, motherfucker. <laughs> and, 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 and normally that doesn't come uh, that way unless you're financing independently. But uh, it's the same with The Strain. The Strain was pitched uh, as a three-season idea to Fox, they, I met with the head of Fox at the time and uh, he said, uh, yeah, 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 we want something with one but can you make it a comedy? <laughs> and I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> and then I said, I'll, I'll write it and co-write it. We did the, the three novels and now we're back at FX. And the person in charge of FX, uh, John Langreff, completely got it. Completely got it and, and the meeting was fantastic and immediately you need that part of the equation to be involved. Carl Cuse is on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, cool he's guy. very cool. 
Yeah, I geek out a little. <laughs> you spend a lot of time hunting for the right for the right producer. It's it's like it's I, it sort of it, it cracks me up like like whenever like fans are like oh the screenwriting is so bad because nine times out of ten they haven't read the script like they're they're watching the movie which is the end result of a lot of like usually a lot of like bad decisions from the higher you know non creative type levels who are like oh well you know. This love story doesn't make sense, so let's downscale. Let's give them a pet dog. Let's <laughs> more funny, more you know. <laughs> and then they spend an extra million dollars trying to find the right dog. It should be orange. No, I don't like. No, no, chihuahuas are big right now. Get it? What I just said. I, I tell you, I tell you one thing. There, there, are, there are some studios. Uh, some of the practices that happen is they will to, to use some imaginary numbers, but they will spend ten on the movie. And 20 on the reshoots. Yeah. You know, and you go, why? Why? And, and, and it's, it, it, when it becomes a committee, when it needs to accommodate the way 60 people see it, it's really hard. It, yeah. it, it, it's not conducive to, to making movies that reflect who you are. Yeah. You know, but but it's, it's uh, unfortunately, <coughs> the one thing you learn after the time <laughs> is to say the, the most fabulous word in the English fucking language, which is no. <laughs> no, and fuck no is even better. I think it, I think it might be no in other languages too. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, the other day uh, I was really enjoying just the fact that uh, uh, we were we were watching the cut, and there was uh, a sequence that was playing a little too long, but I think it's right. And uh, and I said no, we're not changing it. And just uh, Thomas immediately said that's it's your cut. You do what you want. So it's happy moments right now. How do you stay? passionate about a project when you are working on it for three years and, and not kind of start to geek out about some other idea halfway through and go, oh, I really want, like, how do you keep focus? Well, uh, production is sacred. Pre-production, you can, you can actually do little things here and there, but uh, post-production too, but in production is 24-7, you're completely dedicated, you know? Uh, the movie is real until, until it really it gets the green the green light. These movies are weird. They are like a lizard. They don't move. They don't move. They don't move, and then they feel <laughs> like that. You know, Holy shit! It's over. <laughs> but it can stay without any movement on the studio for ten years, and then all of a sudden you're in the in the premiere. Yeah. So it's 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 weird. You have to always be able to almost uh, have something that you can work uh, at another level, like producing something. Or being involved uh, in writing, you know, you can do it in pre and post, but you cannot do it absolutely on, on production. Well, I think what I'm sort of realizing is that, the, like, the thing that you guys all have in common is just the idea that, uh, you know, you, you too is you had a very specific idea about what you wanted to do, and you were able to make it, and no one interfered, and so, and then that's why it was successful. So there is sort of a, you know, like, what, what do you think it's going to take for, for most studios to kind of go, all right, we'll step back a little bit and sort of let the create, it just doesn't work that way. Nothing, Yeah, it's, well, I mean, that's what, I think that's what makes good things good, is that good and great by its very nature has to be uncommon, it's the other end of the curve, and, you know, if, if, if all studios started doing things in a way that was conducive to greatness, then it would become ordinariness, and, and super greatness would be the new great. You know? Ooh, so, super greatness. Yeah, that's a highly... That's one step below ultra super greatness. <laughs> super ultra greatness. Yeah, 
And so it's like... That's the band that got me off One Direction, was super great. That's what makes it, that's what makes it special. That's what makes it... Don't glare at me, Jonah Ray. Part of me dropping a One Direction ref. Hey, I got the internet. I don't know what their ridiculous British teen pop sounds like, but I know that you know it's British teen pop. That's enough. More than I know, I didn't know they were from fucking England. Yeah, well, because I have a YouTube channel, and then when I'm kind of surfing around, like, what other channels are doing well? And you're like, 100 million views for a bunch of British kids jumping around a park. What the fuck? You know, just let's shoot it. Me and you and Jonah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Fun direction. Um, we want to open up. You've grown fun direction, but not the existence of wonder. It's, I think I think we have some. I think we have time for five comments. Uh, if you guys have a couple of uh, question comments that you want to. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! I had no idea. Oh, don't so walk towards the water. <laughs> What about wrong direction? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually think this bit is done direction. <laughs> done. What done? done it's done direction. Shut the fuck up. I'm, just, I'm looking at the panel and all I can think of is scanners. Like I just want someone's head to fold over. Um, so it's a question, it's a comment, it's a equipment. Uh, we've done this song 200 times at least. Um, you walked right by her. She's gonna fucking punch her. Okay, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, does anyone over here have any question of this? Anything at all, just raise your hand and shout it out if I can just see any. <laughs> Haven't you ever learned the casual mouth touch? It's the quickest way to creep someone out. Just like in the middle of a conversation, be like, yeah, so we're going over to the restaurant later. And then, <laughs> hey, uh, lady, there's a microphone over there if you don't want to stand next to me. <laughs> what? I hope it's barely. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Baby train, no! website that's just, just like bears fucking in the wild and call it barely legal. so goddamn funny. Because people like underage tell, bears, right? Underage people, bears? Yeah. So sexy. Whoa! Right? You know, Simba's four, but in bear years, that's legal shop. bear pussy. In the gift shop, we sell those right to bear arms. Yes. Yes! Uh, I hope your question is pun related. <laughs> I have a comment and a question. Um, That's a question. Uh, Joel, my little sister is 10, and she watches MST3K every day, so some kids aren't fucking idiots. You're talking about his children. Those are his kids that sprang from his loins. Joel, I'm so sorry. It's okay, come forward. She pleases me, this one. Director that likes to mess with their actors. 
and I try, I try not to, but when it's needed, I do. Would you like both seen it or just no, no, general? No, no, both seen it, no. But, but, uh, but in Pacific Rim, yes. Pacific Rim, no. We did it in Pacific Rim, there's... Exactly. I can't say it. We did, we did, with Idris Elba, there's a, there's a scene where they are in the middle of a combat and they were in a, in a real rig, huge, uh, several stories high that shook and it was very uncomfortable and I knew that they were really suffering and it was said, the next scene is with, with water and smoke and sparks and steam, so it's going to be really unpleasant and he said, really, how much water? I said, very little, very little, mostly in the foreground, the rest will be the stone guys and then we opened nine valves of water. <laughs> And he got soaked, and I knew he was locked into the set. He couldn't move. <laughs> I said, "Sorry." Oh. <laughs> now act. Sorry. You feel like a question? Oh God, your hand, uh, your arm. Uh, never mind. Uh, Stop touching. Thank you for your question comment. Uh, Anyone else want to get molested by Chris? <laughs> More hands went down. <laughs> Good that business. <laughs> yeah, that's how I do it. Oh, um, we must love it. Is that, hey, Hello. what's going on? Hey. Hey. Okay, so this is a comment. Um, first, I'd like. That's to a question. Question. <laughs> 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 this is my seventh show, so I'm kind of a you know, your seventh show. Nerd I show. I think seven. Jonah's been to seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking more than I can handle. <laughs> okay, so. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I proved I can do it. Get fucked up tonight! <laughs> if you could have a push, first of all, to look nine years in the future to see what this has become, would you still have done it? Um, well, first of all, I'd probably see if there are a way to prevent major tragedies. Um, <laughs> but after you realize that's not possible. <laughs> would Crystal Ball, would I have still done what? Would I still want to do it? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! What are you kidding? Of course! I mean, this is the Guys, I wouldn't change a thing about you. <laughs> no, this has been the most amazing. Like, what about this dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Joel has literal crystal balls. So not too distant boner. That's a crystal ball. <laughs> not too distant boner, which you can't fake. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, it, it, to answer you somewhat uh, sincerely and kind of um, uh, gooey, uh, I, um, uh, it's been an amazing experience. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't have to work on anything I don't want to. And so when I hear Guillermo say, like, it's so much fun to say no when you don't want to do something, because for so much of your career early on, you constantly have to be like, all right, I guess I kind of got to do it, you know. And now, not having to do that, but then still getting the rewards of like... You put away the knee pads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, Pacific Rim jobs! He's referring to truck stop boy. No, you're in the early 80s. I'm having the knee pads, bronze. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean to get to you know get to people to get to have people like Joel and Guillermo or, or just like or or Jonah and Matt. Nah, just, uh, I, 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 Travis, Travis, don't forget Travis. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? I wore my special. Who said that? 
Hello. Uh, I was getting there, Travis. Um, but your derby made you blend in with the tuba team. Of the, uh, of the... I say poutine? No. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's been an amazing experience, and I, I wouldn't, cha I wouldn't change anything. I mean, it'd be crazy to trip. Tra Bravo. It's a, it's a... I changed a couple things. Stock options. <laughs> Uh... One dollar! Yell! Yell! Um, you, you sir. Yes. I, um, I nice plum tree shirt, man. I'm uh, Scott Pilgrim for uh, Comic-Con. It's my costume. Yeah. Alright, I actually met you yesterday. I remember. Yeah, and, um... I really do remember. I met you at the escalator right outside the con. Yeah, and I felt like really, I was really sad at myself. I was like, oh, I forgot to ask for a picture. But that's either here or there. Um, no, that's, oh, that's here. <laughs> and there. I, I, do have, I do have equipment. Um, my, uh, I, I mentioned to him yesterday, I just want to share with everyone else that the first thing, I didn't realize until years later, the first thing I ever saw of Chris was when he guest starred on Boy Meets World. Well, thank you for your time. <laughs> didn't watch me like, what girl has tits that big at that age? Like, <laughs> I think that shaped me in a way we all know is true now. <laughs> what shape would that be, man? <laughs> yes. Right, and my, uh, my question is, I'm a, I'm a, sorry, I'm a third year film major, so it's right that time I'm looking for like internships. So I was just wondering. Uh, wow. I know, good luck with that. If right? I couldn't read your shirt, I would think you were dressed as Hulk Hogan post-sex day. <laughs> More Bruce Banner Hogan. <laughs> I know that was a good joke, and I really deserve a lot more. Are you kidding me? A skinny, nerdy white guy, Bruce Banner Hogan. Do you see how fucking well? Explain it more. Explain it more. Bruce Banner was the human form of the Hulk. Joe, what was it like when you had to explain Joe's Mystery Science Theater? The Hulk was like an anthropomorphic boner. <laughs> Just a weird... But he put with a very tight color because he was green. He was green. <laughs> with purple pants. Yeah. I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. And sometimes I roar. I'm a dinosaur. Jurassic Park Avenue, and uh, I'm uptown. I'm sorry, you were gonna, you want an internship? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn what I learned from. I'm gonna tell you what I learned from Guillermo. No. Pass <laughs> on your knee pads, please. <laughs> Next generation. Let me tell you a little story about shipmates. <laughs> so, anyway. No, my question was, uh, what were all yours, uh, like, first job in the entertainment industry? Like, what was that, like, that lowest position? Well, it was this for Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I 
think comedy and everything else was... All right, all right, all right. That was a good show. That was Todd Glass and Jimmy Dore. Yeah. That was before the Nerdist. <laughs> yep. I've been doing podcasts long before you, buddy. Oh, shit! Oh, shit. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's okay. Jonah? Uh, I was a writer's assistant on the show, uh, the Andy Milanaka show on MTV. And uh, I didn't know how to use Excel or a computer for the most part. Or... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know you could uh, have the printer put the pages in order. Because uh, in Hawaii, they so were like, uh, I, I just never had to. I didn't go to college, fancy pants. <laughs> uh, then I, so I would uh, print each and every page of the script out and then put them all together by hand and staple them. And then I didn't know what to do if the staple wouldn't go through. And then I got fired. <laughs> but then they rehired me as a writer. So that was nice. It all worked out for you. <laughs> what about you, Gamble? What was your very first? I, I, I dug a grave in a movie. And, uh, uh, I did that in real life. <laughs> real, it was a real cemetery. It was a Mexican movie. I think it was illegal. <laughs> so I did it, and in the same movie, I was PA, and I also was a stunt driver. <laughs> it was a, a very bad action. What about you, Travis? Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. This is going to sound okay. I wrote the $150 million movie, no, Pacific I, 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 I sold my first screenplay out of film school, and Guillermo... Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! That hat makes so much more sense! I, I can't complain. <laughs> I, I know I know that sucks, but but yeah, it's it's been it's been anytime like I go back to, to the film school where I graduated and they always ask me advice like how do how do I break into the industry? How do I break into the industry? I'm like, I don't even fucking know how I broke into the industry. Just sell a script right before you leave. Make a hit song. You write something and then you sell it for money. I don't understand what you dummies want. How do I get rich? Get a billion dollars. Now I'm going hat shopping. See ya. There's nothing wrong with that, but do you, do you ever feel like a weird, do you ever feel like artist guilt or something? Like, oh, oh yeah, yes, yeah. Like, well, I think when it comes out of nowhere, like, you have this this looming, unstated suspicion that it could just go away out of nowhere, too. Like, like so, when you sell Chris Hardwick an iPod case in 2007? <laughs> <laughs> that takes me back, man. <laughs> That's the porn guy. He's a Pacific Rim job. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I feel like I had to have like a few jobs before I felt like, you know, like, no, I, it wasn't a fluke and I can do this and I can keep doing it. So, cool. but yeah, at the beginning it was like, it was like, who's going to take my pass away? Like, you know, and you're always looking over your shoulder. Uh, what about you, Joel? I, um, I just was a stand-up. I mean, I didn't really do anything in show business. That is the lowest of low. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what? Oh, oh, right, you didn't pay enough to ask. I'm pretty sure that all these seats cost Once you have more money, you can talk, you piece of shit. You have changed since ten minutes ago. He's he's not changed at all. That's exactly. He's always been that guy. Oh, my voice sounds weird. It's so weird hearing you and not seeing you. I'm inside your head, Mad Myra. Ah, is this like to listen to the podcast? It's gross. Oh, oh Batman! I see. Oh, no, it's big. Oh, Batman! I think it's time you and I 
For, for what, babe? I love the Haunted Mansion ride. <laughs> <laughs> Is this room actually stretching? At first I thought we weren't going to get along, but now... I, I have a bad rap because I have a face thing. Hi, <laughs> what's your equipment? Uh, I don't see talk cheap enough. Move back. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if we could ever expect to see Hellboy 3. Ooh. No, I, 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 I want uh, to say yes, hopefully someday uh, somebody will come along with the will to give us enough Ooh, money to win the, the world. Sorry. Just watch season three of Sons of Anarchy. It's not a show. Or Frankie goes boom. <laughs> no, I think we're, we're trying... Uh, Those people are very sad up there with the with phone, with the iPhone. Very last row. Head out there, Chris. Go, 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 go. So maybe we're trying. We're trying. Giving a free high fives, but not free because you paid. They come to the show. Thirty dollar high five with convenience fees. How convenient is it to click a fucking button on a computer? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. They fuck you at the drive-thru. <laughs> I was just referencing Lethal Weapon 2. I see TARDIS like NASA. I have it too. No one else can see shit, Chris. Oh, you got it because of me. What? I see it. How, how far I mean, I it. <laughs> Holy fuck, we sold a lot of tickets. <laughs> Was there a dude having his own wave back there? I went to Someone's gonna get another jack one. You did. I went to UCLA! Jesus Christ! I can't fucking handle it! Oh my god, I just shit came! I know people that like knew you, whatever, it doesn't matter. Oh uh, my god, if that's a real thing, shit coming, I'm in. I got a question for Jonah Ray. What's up, girl? Yeah, what's up? Oh, is that pussy talking, Jonah? Damn. Damn. What you want to know? So, like, I love your Bing commercial. What? I got really excited when I was watching Hulu and I was like, oh my god, I know that voice. It's Jonah Ray. That's not me, that's some guy that shaved Wait. his face. <laughs> is that, you're a big man, man. Um, is that you at the end that goes, because uh, it sounds like you. It's like you're like really close, though. Yeah. Just, what's your name? Quincy. And what's your uh, Twitter handle? Quincy Trigillo. MD. Twitchy Trigillo shit, why? That's too many. I never see It's uh, Quincy Trigillo. It's. Don't make me. I just. Okay, good. I just want people to tweet at you now. So you're on Twitter to get no followers? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Jonah didn't answer your question. What? Can you answer it? Yeah, it's him. I don't know if I do. <laughs> Jonah still refuses to publicly acknowledge anything about anything. That's not me, man. <laughs> it's me and Jonah. <laughs> we almost we have to wrap up the show in a sec. I know. I love all. I love you too. <laughs> When's Talking Dead? Tomorrow? No, third Sunday night. I fucking forgot what day it was. Jesus Christ. Right, when are you? When are you flying back to Los Angeles? I'm moderating the Walking Dead panel tomorrow, and I'm getting on a plane and going back to LA to do Talking Dead on what Sunday. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Um, hey, high five! Fucking high five! Oh my god! Why? Thirty dollar high five. Um, I think we.
just have time for one more quemet. Is there uh, uh, do we have time for one more one more quemet? Is it is it what about what about this guy? How's it going? Um, first of all, Chris and Jonah, it was awesome seeing you at Course of the Force over the summer. Thank you. I was um, busy, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about children. Uh, what are you guys going to be doing tomorrow during Comic Con? What are you excited to see? What are you excited to visit? Is that question not for me? Because you only oh. cited. <laughs> I feel like uh, I well I'm I'm running around the con all day tomorrow, moderating panels and stuff. So I won't I won't. Uh, that, that'll be. I'm going everybody. to every Chris Hardwick panel. <laughs> I feel like we have time for one more appointment. Is there a really good one? What? It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Chris doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Happy Vagina Escape Day! <laughs> you got a 1 in 30 chance of someone else in this room having a birthday too. <laughs> that guy right in the front row! That works, you guys! <laughs> Fuck! You look great! <laughs> You're delivering babies to whom? <laughs> babies! Get your fucking babies! Joe, you ordered the baby! Yeah. I have a three-part question for you. Oh. No, 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 no. Oh, it's very simple. It's his birthday. We just got engaged, so... Gross. What? Fucking gross. Alright, Law Prima Nocta! <laughs> Do you ever plan to expand Nerdist Industries to the East Coast? Do you need to run it for a time? And yes, I will run it for you for a time. You just covered everything I would have needed to know. I don't Chris, know if we had offices maybe on Martha's Vineyard where I could look out for sharks all the time. Chris, <laughs> uh, what? Monica wants. Oh, Monica. Hey, Mon. Hi. What? That's Monica Moon. That's uh, Chris's assistant. She's That's Monica there. Moon, you guys. She cleans his jaguar. She cleans his jaguar. <laughs> Where? I feel like that's something I would have said, but I didn't. Guys, I'm having a moment. It's a sensual moment. I don't know what's happening. She's got a vest. Chris doesn't. That's my story. Oh, I do. You're right. What's your name? Thanks, buddy. Hey, my name's Eric. Hey. Hey, Eric. Um, I have equipment. Uh, first off, if you haven't noticed, um, we have a Portal Doctor Who t-shirt that's matching. Like I get it. They take two things I love and they get my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so first off, the, the comment. I want to thank you very much, Chris, for um, putting all your time and effort into making us fans, um, um, you know, just helping us out. And, uh, oh, it's uh, some of his time and effort? <laughs> yes. It's all of his time and effort because I know you're extremely busy. And um, so... When I reached out to you and uh, you got back to me, I just want to say thank you. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> because leading into my next question, um, I have a question actually for my girlfriend. Uh, oh. Oh. oh, shit! Oh, fucking shit!
instead of going to a beautiful park and underneath the stars, you would much rather come here and share this moment with these beautiful people. <laughs> beautiful fans here. So, um, I love you so much. And uh, you make me the happiest person in the world. And you're the funniest, smartest girl I know. So, please, um, you know, can we spend the rest of our lives together and, and you know we're just some people in the center of Ohio and we're here in New York off of Broadway and uh, Chris is blessing here so I'm not sold yet <laughs> keep going <laughs> the greatest thing that ever happened to me so um, uh, please Lindsay will you marry me because someone else is like, hey, your girlfriend probably follows you, dickhead. And he was like, I blocked her. And you're like, what? <laughs> How long have you guys been together? Years. Two months. How many? <laughs> Four years. And now it's time. Where, so you guys live in Ohio? And you came out here for New York Comic Con? It's a very special... People really win on MTV! Oh, wait. That's not what I meant to say. Um, Congratulations, you guys. Uh, people should send you congratulations on Twitter. What is your Twitter? Uh, mine's Eric with a C J L. And you are? Lynn's Hughes. L I N D S H U G H E S. Fucking, I'm awesome. Uh, uh, <laughs> he says that after every one. <laughs> congratulations, you guys. Come in. Well, someone just got more recently engaged, motherfucker. This is this is why the hat's good. You can always be like, hey, I'm the guy with the hat. Yes, exactly. Fuck you guys. And now when I walk in the room, people know, hey, it's the guy with the hat on. <laughs> hey, you think that guy's hat's real big? What that was. Well, this has been an incredible night, you guys. We're gonna come out and sign stuff afterwards, and I think Joel's coming out. Uh, are you gonna come out? And um, Jonah, Jonah has some awesome uh, T-shirts out there as well that are that are new. Jonah Radio merchandise, guys. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Radio. So, uh, Jonah Radio. Next week. So <laughs> next next week. So we're gonna come out. I think we're gonna do the signing in the lobby. Uh, I'm sorry if they move everyone along quickly. It's just. Uh, 
we, we just want to make sure people aren't here for four hours because we have to. The, the venue has to close at a certain time. So we'll get through everyone. Uh, but if, you know, if they move you along, please don't be angry at us. But um, thank you so much for coming out to the Nerds Podcast Live. <laughs> Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat. <laughs>